This is episode number 413 with Jay Abraham. Welcome to the School of Greatness. My name is Lewis Howes, a former pro athlete turned lifestyle entrepreneur. And each week we bring you an inspiring person or message to help you discover how to unlock your inner greatness. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now let the class begin. Welcome, everyone, to this episode of the School of Greatness podcast with Jay Abraham. Now, for those that don't know who he is, he spent his entire career solving problems and fixing businesses. He's considered one of the world's foremost thinkers in the area of revenue model generation, business model generation, strategic restructuring and marketing. Jay has significantly increased the bottom lines of over 10,000 clients. He's worked with some of the most well-known companies in the world, as well as individual brands. A lot of my friends that I know have worked with him. He's been featured in USA Today, New York Times, Los Angeles Times, Washington Post, and many, many other publications. I wanted to break down and get inside of Jay's mind. Again, he charges a lot of money for entrepreneurs and brands to work with him on all these different areas of their business to really exponentially grow their business in ways they never even thought were possible. So I said, how can I tap into his mind? What can I learn to get out of this over the next hour to really give you the best insight to help you grow your business? So what we talk about are why certain entrepreneurs are limited by a cap that they can't break through. Also, the exact phrases to tell clients to make them want to give you referrals. A simple four-part process for harnessing the greatness within you. The four kinds of clients and what to do with them. Also, the question to ask yourself to know if your goals are big enough. Guys, we dive in, so make sure to take notes. Share this with your friends, lewishouse.com slash 413 to check out all the show notes to watch the full video interview. Again, make sure to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes and on YouTube, if you haven't subscribed yet, this is a good one, and we've got some big episodes coming up. Without further ado, let me introduce to you the one, the only, Jay Abraham. Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down, or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that the U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut. If you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. I don't know about you, but when around 3 p.m. hits, I find myself craving the right refreshment to get me through that mid-afternoon slump. New Pure Leaf Zero Sugar Sweet Iced Tea is full-flavored sweet tea, but without the sugar and the calories. It might take several bottles for you to believe that a delicious sweet tea can really have zero sugar and zero calories. But you know what they say, life is full of surprises. Or in this case, full of flavor. New Pure Leaf Zero Sugar Sweet Iced Tea. Try it to believe it. For 20% off your next 12 pack head to amazon and use promo code 20 pure leaf that's promo code 20 p-u-r-e-l-e-a-f for 20 percent off 
We've all been there. You have a question about your credit card. You call the number for help and can't get a hold of anyone if you only had a Discover card. With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. A real person. Get the customer service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Welcome, everyone, back to the School of Greatness podcast. Super excited about our guest, Jay Abraham, in the house. Good to see you, sir. Oh, my pleasure. I'm super excited about this. Yes. Now, I heard about you a few years ago, like whispers in the industry. You're like a whisper, like the godfather of business strategy, the marketing. Ramit Sethi was telling me how you like 10x his business in like less than a year, and all these other people talked about you. And then we finally met in person a few yes. months ago at a an event with Larry Benet and um, had a great little rapport in five minutes. Yes. And I was like, I got to get this guy on and learn more about how you've been so successful in, you've trained over, I think you said over a thousand of the highest clients out there, roughly around a thousand, 700, a thousand, that you said. Well, it depends. Experts. We've experts, done, we've, experts. Yeah, we've done, we've done 7,000 industries. Industries. But you worked with people like Tony Robbins, Ramit Sethi, Damon John, Stephen Covey, mm-hmm. other names like that. Yes. And you worked with them in their businesses to help them optimize their business? Well, was- yeah. They could, nobody comes to me for help with their methodology. They come to me for three things. One, the ability to elevate the perception mm. and to make more concrete the the impact and value and also to develop either more entry level or more advanced variations of it. But I've been very blessed because in order to do that, I have to get a short course understanding. So I've been educated in a a, a multiplicity of methodology, technology, philosophy, ideology. But people want to grow their business, right? uh, What I do basically, I grow businesses for a living and I grow them in a multitude of ways. And I'm a strategist and I'm a marketing person and I'm a, uh, I'm a, business model remodeler and I'm a, a competitive advantage generator and I'm a yeah. channel developer and all those. And it's very dynamic. I'm not uh, a specialist in a, a singular area. Gotcha. What would you say is the biggest mistake that entrepreneurs or business owners are making right now? Well, the common theme. Yeah. Well, uh, there's probably an integration. The first one is almost all of them are tactical. They're not really strategic. They're not really making everything they do advance and enhance an ultimate long game plan. Number two, Mm. they really don't understand their market at a deep, connective, empathic level. Number three, they make it harder for people to do business with them. Number four, most people don't understand if you market externally by regular conventional media, it can be anything from Facebook, pay-per-click, anything else – all you're doing initially is vying for the first outer tier periphery of trust. And right. most people don't really use the greatest trust um, uh, uh, tank, fuel tank, and and a monetization uh, capacity they have, which is referrals and endorsements where they've already earned trust. I mean, there, there, there's a delta between me running an ad and you <clears> – <throat> hopefully opting in and saying, okay, I'll give them a chance. You don't say it consciously, yes. but there's yes. a long there's a long process as opposed to if Ramit says, hey, Jay made me this, mm. get on the phone and have him make you that, it's a done deal. Right. It's a no-brainer. And, yeah. And I look at people and it's very funny. It's tangential, but we do these seminars and 
they're very diverse, hundreds of different industries. And we ask how many people run ads, how many people have sales forces. Then we ask how many people can actually say that 20 to 100% of your business is generated by word of mouth or referrals, and it's quite substantial. Then we ask them, okay, what's the percentage? What's the dollars? And it's even more shocking. Uh, 60%, $2 million, uh, 40%, $500,000. Then we say, remain standing if you have in place at least one formal, systematic, strategic referral generating strategy that you're applying continually throughout the company. And 99% sit down. The rest, we say, okay, if you have two, the rest sit down. And then I say, well, first of all, because I looked at so many industries, we've identified 93 unduplicated referral generating strategies, mm. systems that require no money, no effort. They just need to be, I mean, no more effort, they just need to be put in place. Yes. Then I say, let me tell me if I'm right in my, in my perception. Tony would say my hallucination. <laughs> and we say, so I believe a referral generated prospect buys quicker, negotiates less, buys more things, buys more often, buys uh, longer, uh, is more profitable, is more enjoyable, refers more people, costs you nothing to acquire, mm. as opposed to how many of you spend 10, 20, 30,000 on ads and trade shows and pay per click trying to get that first outer periphery. Right. Of trust. And I said, there's something wrong with this picture. I'm trained to see what's not right, but what's wrong with mm. it. I'm a super critical thinker. But yes. yeah, I mean, I get on a tangent, but people don't take advantage of that. So how do people implement a referral system in the online marketing world? Let's say if they have a business they're running online and depending on the industry, but how would you? Well, the first it? thing is is a pre-assumption that you have such goodwill because you've added value that's perceivable mm -hmm. and um and been realized in some way by your buyer. If you haven't, yeah. you don't. Right, right. I mean, you better reevaluate your value proposition. Sure. But assuming you do. So you've got a thousand customers. Yeah. And, and we call them clients, clients. And that goes to another theory of mine, which is called mm. preeminence, which I can discuss later if you want to. But what you do is you, uh, you, you go to them with the truth. And your truth is, and there's lots of ways to articulate it, but you say my or our business, you've been a beneficiary of our business. And then you do a little future pacing and you say, hopefully you have, and it depends on whether it's product service, you know, that, you know, the person that, that uh, uh, existed before you availed yourself of our product or instruction or podcast or this mm -hmm. is a much different person, the person you are now. Now you're more of this and you, you program what they are and you give them a future pace. Now you're seeing life differently. You're happier, confident, whatever it is. And if you are like anyone else, you realize how many other people were like the way you were that would be benefited and liberated so much. And we exist to do that, but we don't, we can't reach them all on our own. We don't yeah. know where they are. Right. We don't have a big budget. Most of our business is referral-based, so we mm. turn to those trusted and valued clients, and we ask your help mm. to help us reach people that deserve a better life or deserve to be liberated, deserve not to be, whatever. And that's one. I, mean, I can give you a hundred sure, ways. Sure, sure. If someone has an online course and they've put a hundred students, sorry, clients through yeah, yes. this program. And they've got great results by many of them, not yeah. all of them, but a lot of them who took the action on the course. Could be on any topic. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, and you got a hundred clients in, 
50 to 60 of them had great results. Amazing. They're like shouting from the rooftops. How would you implement a referral system for those 50 to 100 clients? What would be the, the next step? Well, so why, 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 why don't I show you the prefacing step? Because you're asking a question that it's presu- it's it's presupposing post yes. result. Yes. yes, I'll give you a better way. Okay, when you presuppose the result before it starts, mm. you basically sit down in the beginning, and it's in your marketing, and it's in your your uh, interaction, whether it's live, whether it's recorded, mm-hmm. and you say our business exists; it lives or it dies by the referrals you bring us. Mm. We don't put, we have a choice. We can put a lot of money in advertising and diversionary activities, or we can take all that money and invest it in more training, more support, more uh, constant uh, releasing of, of advanced th- materials Contact, we don't charge. Yeah. Yes. And we choose to do that. In exchange, we ask and we, uh, and we hope you're willing for one special consideration when you become a you know a first stage client of ours it's this we we tell you what we're going to do we're going to give you the best training we're going to give you the best help we're going to be give you the best answers if you're confused we're going to give you support i'm just talking about information yes. i can't apply anything we're going to give you uh uh tools nobody else does we're going to give you a higher success probability mm-hmm. and we're going to give you the motivation the guidance the pathway and the um, and the the crutches and tools to make it easier for you to take action and achieve your goal than not. Only once, if and after what we've invested and promised to do for you, it happens. We ask you to identify two equal quality colleagues in your life who you care enough about that you wish the same kind or or different but the kinds of outcomes and introduce them to us knowing that we have all these introductory um, uh, information or education that's mm-hmm. gratis and also if they wish to avail themselves we won't consider their their commitment binding for 45 days and until they've and that's one way you can do it so right, you right. set them up from the beginning Wow. And how do you have them? What's the mechanism for the introduction? Is it like send them to an email opt-in? Is it an email intro- introduction? Is it? Well, there's many ways you can do it. So, as I said, we were talking offline and I said mm-hmm. the advantage of me, which is also the disadvantage, is I can give you 150 different right. ways to do it. Sure. One way is to say, do this for us. Mm-hmm. You know, we're having... Uh, a short course primer on what we do, why we do, why it's different, mm. and introducing some of our more uh, grateful and impressive success stories. And it would mean a lot to us, mm-hmm. but it probably mean a lot more to anybody you invited if you would get three of your friends to come. That's gotcha. one thing. Second thing is you've got a book. If you have an online version and you're not selling much of it, you could say, we want you to gift this book to five people mm-hmm. in your life that you know need it, but also you you are confident will read it and will and will spend time really reflecting on it and get them to talk. I mean, you can do a million things. You yeah. can you can say we want you to write to your uh, your colleagues, right. five of them, right. give them specificity. And but what I always do is is uh, try to enumerate who they are, and I have to tell a story to make it. Can I make? Sure, can I just, sure, yeah, yeah. So. 
Years ago, I was very big in the training business. We were the largest uh, client for a version of Wells Fargo Bank. And every week I would go to lunch with the bank manager who happened to be a really hot, single, divorced woman. Mm -hmm. And every week she would lament that she had no dates. And this woman's hot. Mm -hmm. I mean, she's good looking. She's intelligent. Successful. Successful money. You know, she revealed a little bit of her uh, physical interest. So she would be a perfect date for anybody. Right, right. And (laughs) so I'm I'm wondering, after about the fourth time, I said, well, tell me what you're doing. And she said, well, I'm just saying to everybody, hey, why don't you guys help find me some quality dates? And I said, but you're not denominating what you want. You're not Mm -hmm. telling them what to do. And I gave her, yeah. yeah, I gave her a template in five minutes. I said, when you go back to the bank, do this all day. Go to everybody that you interact with where it's appropriate, whether it's the tellers, the managers, your your clients, and just say, I was thinking that I talked to you all about looking for a quality um, man to, mm-hmm. you know, to hang out with. And I don't think I ever explained to you what he might look like, where he might be. And so I gave her a context. He's going to be 40 to 50, a professional. He might be uh, divorced, but you know enough about the background that it wasn't his fault. He's not brutal. He doesn't smoke. He's not uh, alcoholic. He's a good man. He's a good father if he has children. He's got good values. His interests are such and such. Uh, He's not a confirmed bachelor. He's a confirmed sort of a, a of a romantic adventurer looking for a quality he wants and is interested in someone to spend quality time with and then where he might be. He might be a church, he might be right. an ex brother in law, he might be a neighbor, he might be in your in your he might be in another branch, but 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 the next week she called and she has seven dates. Well, there you go. But the key is programming somebody, helping people we make it very hard because we have the uh the uh, the ignorance and I guess I'd almost call it insolence to think that everybody understands the implications and the dimension of our abstract mm-hmm. requests or sure. comments. Yeah. And they don't. Yeah. The more you help people get clarity and concreteness and direction and, and actionability, the more predictable outcome mm-hmm. you will get from it. But there's a hundred right, ways right. to do sure. it. What would you say is the... Uh, one of the biggest success stories of one of your clients, one of the biggest case studies from, in terms of results in uh, a year's time, one of your clients. Okay. Business results. All right. Well, I can give you. Uh, Maybe you can't say the name, but you no, can say. No, I can say the name. I can say the names. I, <laughs> I, I can tell you a bunch of things. We did Entrepreneur Magazine when it first started. No one knew what Entrepreneur meant. And when was this? 1976. Wow. And we had to send out mailings with the actual Webster's Dictionary um, <laughs> and with all the, the uh, you know, how to how to enunciate it, how to pronounce it, what the definition no was. No one knew what entrepreneur no was. No one knew what entrepreneur was. Wow. And originally it was a magazine formatted membership for 100 bucks, And the whole premise was every month you'd get this very large report on an emerging small business opportunity. And it would tell you how to, if you wanted a franchise, who to go to. If you didn't want a franchise, who the best uh, providers would be of doing it yourself. It would have some basic stuff on hiring people. 25 interesting pages, very good. And then it would go to archive. And that was it. And we were doing about a million dollars. 
That's we've done 900. And I took all the archives and turned them into startup manuals because we had all these archives. We added boilerplate, which is just general information, how to hire an attorney, how to use advertising, how to get free R. And we created about 200 startup manuals mm. and we sold them for $39 a piece. And we sold 300,000 of them in the first wow. nine months. Mm. And then we took them and we reassembled them into categoric. We had the entrepreneurs low investment uh, business institute with 10 of them together. We had one that had all the food related services and those were $200. Wow. And all we did was repurpose and we went, it, we, we wrote, we grew it nine times in less than a year. We took a, um, we took a gold company when gold, you're too young, but gold was legalized in the seventies. Mm -hmm. And when it got legalized, everyone would go to the wall street journal. They would go to Barron's Forbes to run ads. I went to where, uh, there's again, tell a story. Willie Sutton, you know who Willie Sutton no. was? Willie Sutton was the greatest bank robber of history. He robbed more banks, set more records, still holds them than anybody else. Oh. And he operated in the 40s, 30s, a little bit of the 50s. When they finally caught him, they said, Willie, why in the world did you rob so many banks? And his answer was hilarious because that's where the money is. <laughs> so I've been trained not to go to the places where you're spending X and getting this much of the market, but where the real money is. So I took my client and we went to all the financial newsletters, all the investment seminar people, all the people who back then were doing investment economic books and selling them direct. And we became the recommended uh, dealer. We were part of every welcome pack when somebody subscribed. We had a deal that I negotiated where twice a, a, a year we had a special edition that we paid for all about hard assets. Mm -hmm. We funded regional events with, with uh, iconic other speakers we paid for. And we gave all the profit to the, the, the newsletter because right. we wanted the, the investors. And we went from 300 to $500 million in a year. But probably one of my uh, two best stories that I like actually are from work I've done in China because they're hilarious. <laughs> well, I'll tell you one other one, too, that's cool. Uh, but the work in China is cool. So I've been helping Chinese entrepreneurs, really high-performing ones, for eight years. First time I went there, a huge audience. And a young man came up to the mic, mm -hmm. and he said through translation – Jay, what do you do if your business is too small and the banks won't lend you money? And I said, okay, well, first of all, what do you do and what would you do with the money? And he said, I'm a local motorcycle manufacturer. Now, only in China, you know, where you have 100 million people in one city, right. are you going to have a local you know, motorcycle? And he said, I want to get money so I can go to other parts of Asia, mm. build a factory, hire salespeople, get retailers. And I said, okay, but why do you need the money? And he said, I just told you. And I said, you don't need money. You need to realize that you are the solution to somebody else's bigger problem that doesn't know it. Go all over Asia and find somebody who is in a complimentary mm -hmm. Not a competitive business, but already has a big factory, not using their second shift, already has distribution and sales force, and partner with them. That was like a minute and a half. And it was, I, I, I do Q&A on the stage. So I come back a year later. One year later, same guy's there, comes to the mic, and now he looks like the Cheshire Cat. 
And he says, Jay, through translation, I did what you said. I said, well, that's cool what I say, because I didn't remember. <laughs> he said, I went to Asia. I got to Kuala Lumpur. I found the largest lawnmower manufacturer mm. in Asia. They were in eight markets, eight countries. They had a huge factory. They weren't using almost any of the second shift. All I had to do was bring my tool and dies, which are the forms you use. Mm-hmm. The bolts. To, yep, yeah. yep. And, and they already had salespeople, distributors, a thousand lawnmower dealers. We both split $10 million of profit in our first year. Amazing. And, and I have uh, more if you want to hear them, but I mean, I've got tons of Amazing. Fun. Range Rover Sport leads by example. Picture this. Assertive on-road performance meets commanding all-terrain capability. That's the third-generation Range Rover Sport, which is the most desirable, advanced, and dynamically capable one yet. This vehicle redefines sporting luxury, offering an instinctive drive with engaging on-road dynamics and effortless composure. Now available in sleek, new stealth pack, Carpathian gray exterior wrapped in satin protective film with black accents and black brake calipers. Inside the Range Rover Sport, advanced cabin technologies like active noise cancellation and cabin air purification offer new levels of comfort and refinement. And let's not forget about the award-winning Pivi Pro infotainment system. Enjoy a dynamic drive and total comfort with optional 22-way adjustable heated and ventilated electric memory front seats with massage function. Wow, that's like a spa day while on the go. Design your Range Rover Sport at LandRoverUSA.com. One of my favorite parts about my job is that I get the opportunity to travel a lot. And in fact, I'm recording this right now while I'm in Mexico. And actually, I was thinking about something that I wanted to share because I get a lot of questions from so many people about different side hustle ideas. So here's one for those of you out there that are on the go a lot like I am or traveling a lot. When you're staying in your Airbnb on your trips, have you ever thought about how you could be making extra money by hosting through Airbnb while your home is vacant? If you're interested in an extra stream of income, Airbnb hosting is an easy place to start and it's like giving your home some company while you're away your home might be worth more than you think find out how much at airbnb.com slash host When you get a new car or a new home, your first reaction might be to say things like, oh yeah, or I can't believe it, or booyah. But what you really want to say is the one thing that can get you the help you need. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm is there with the coverage you need for your car, your home, and even boats, motorcycles, RVs, and other things that matter to you. With a State Farm agent, you know someone is there to help you choose the coverage you need. With so many coverage options, it feels good knowing you can find what fits for you. And when you need ways to get help, State Farm gives you options there to in person or on the phone with your local agent or on statefarm.com where their award-winning app State Farm lets you do things your way. So when you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember to say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Why do you think this way? Uh, I was very blessed. I have no formal education. I got married at 18 the first time. I've been married three times. I have seven children. Mm. I have no formal education, no negotiability, I nobody gave me a salary job. The only jobs I ever got were crazy entrepreneurs who would stick me in a corner and give me a chance to get a piece of, you know, sales I generated or markets I opened. And when you only eat when you earn, you find out what works and what doesn't, what works better very quickly. I was a hopelessly curious and um I I, I had a very 
uh, what do you call it, either a larger or, or, or a small stability factor. So I jumped not from one job to them, but one industry to another. And after about eight industries, mm-hmm. I realized that people in this industry don't have a clue how people in this industry, this industry, this industry think. They don't understand the selling approaches, the business models, the strategies, mm-hmm. the access vehicles, the competitive approaches. And I was able to take elements from two or three industries, add them to ones that didn't know it, and my performance was outrageous. Wow. And I realized, geez, I'm like the uh, one-eyed man in the land of the blind. And so I started becoming much more aware of all the different ways, all kinds of different industries did it, and I was able to do that. Then I got uh, very blessed. I was exposed, besides the experts, I had some of the greatest uh, specialists as client mentors. I had the Deming organization. You probably don't even know who Deming was. Deming was the father of process improvement, optimization, highest and best use theory. He's the one that went to Japan right after the war and helped the Toyotas and the uh, Nissans Mm. and the Hondas become such successful manufacturers. And he taught basically how to make, he taught variability. If you look at any function, there's bunches of different factors combined to do something. Yes, I call them impact points. Each one has variability, and if you can make it make each one perform ten percent better, and you have thirty different elements, you're getting not ten percent, but you're getting hundreds and hundreds of percent improvement. And I learned to learn about the geometry of business. I had the largest mm. multivariable testing agency in the world, and they worked for large corporations, and they would test millions of dollars worth of hypotheses, putting different uh, collections of of skews together on a, on a uh, shelf or different sizes, end cases, signage, signage outside, mm-hmm. selling something and and testing different ways of of following up to see breakage or repurchase mm-hmm. and factors. Then I worked for the largest strategic litigation consulting firm in the world, and they tested everything from venue jury type they had a uh, they had 150 phd sociologists and and psychologists they had a graphics department that it's almost like a forensic accountant depending on what side of the of the case you're on we could depict pain and suffering horribly or mm-hmm. minimally and i got that's b- besides 465 major industries, 7,000 sub-industries, over 300 top experts, 1,000 total experts. Wow. So I have a lot of context to draw, <laughs> and I've done it around the world mm-hmm. to make, you know, to see how it validates and what universal principles, and I've gotten to see how many better ways, this concept of highest and best use, it applies to everything in your life, whether it's how you use your time, how you use your interaction with people, if you're right. a business, your team, yourself, your your message, your interaction, what happens at the time of of mm-hmm. uh and there and I've learned to look at all the impact or leverage points that go on, give you a couple of examples. Uh and it's pretty well known in advertising, but you the headline is the ad for the ad. Yes. But what people don't realize it's not just the headline that you see in an ad. It's the opening phrase that you use 
if you're trying to get an appointment. It's the signage you use at a trade show. It's the way you embrace somebody at the front of of uh, the doorstep of a sale, a sales organization. It's the subject line in your email yeah. or your or your Twitter. We've changed the way somebody greeted somebody at the front door and tripled response. We've wow. changed. Uh, a headline and gotten 500 times, 500% more buyers and and actually higher quality tickets. Uh, nobody looks at that. Nobody looks at, at, if you look at a company that sells lots of different things and you look at different places they do it, you will see that different products, different propositions, different media, different categories of buyers are worth different amounts yes but if you don't know that and you treat everything as equal you're going to spend the same amount on everything whereas you know one kind of a product buyer may buy more profitably up front and not buy on the back end one might not buy well on the front but buy 20 times we we learned right. what's called the lifetime value of a buyer or the marginal net worth and it's looking at not just generating a sale but it's strategically, what do you want that sale to do? And when you start looking at that, it changes your whole, I mean, we, we well, I mean, we, we created a company from scratch, a company called Icy Hot, which is prominent today in retail. But when yes. we, we bought it out of, out of uh, bankruptcy and it was only doing $20,000 and it was wow. selling, it was selling the same thing by mail for $3. Hmm. And nobody ever looked at the buying history. And we saw that for every new 10 buyers that came in, eight would buy every month for life Wow! because there was no cure for arthritis or bursitis. And out of every eight that bought, four would buy other products from us. And out of every four, I'm just averaging here a little bit off, sure. for every four, two would buy twice a year bulk for gifts. Mm. So, And we were selling it for wow. $3. It cost us 55 cents this long time ago to put out mail. So we were making $2.45. Every time we brought in a $3 sale, we were accruing out of 10 people something like $200 a year for life and profit. Wow. And when we made that realization, we Jeez. realized we could afford to lose money yeah. as long as our cash flow would handle. And I got on the phone and I set up deals with a thousand radio stations, television stations, publications, all kinds of media to run ads for us selling our $3 product wow. and keep all the money. And we actually sent them an extra 45 cents. So we were into it 55 and 45 um, a dollar mm. as far as cost. Right. But we went from 20,000 in sales to 500,000 buyers in the first year. And you could do the numbers, but sure. better than that, we got so much no-cost advertising that we forced retail distribution, if you know what that means. It means that a mail-order company sells direct and it makes money, but it's not a lot of asset value. Right. When you become a consumer product distributed in drugstores and grocery stores, your value now goes to 10 or 12 times sales mm. and in a year and a few months we got it to where we sold it for 60 million dollars back wow. in the 70s no it's better than this to a big pharmaceutical company and because they didn't appreciate intangible assets they let us keep the 500,000 buyers 
who were all geriatrics. Wow. Plus, they didn't prohibit us from using all of the distribution channels, the thousand radio stations, TV stations, for selling other things. And we got $60 million. So I've been through a lot of interesting things. Mm. I can tell you tons more if you want to talk. <laughs> well, who was, um, who was more influential in your life growing up, mom or dad? Uh, probably my mother because she was attention deficit. She mm. was into uh, reasonable self-acknowledgement, but she always wanted to try zany things. Okay. And my father, though, had a very high ethos. He wasn't terribly successful, but he taught me very high ethical plane. Mm. She taught me a very wonderful non-linear way of looking at the fun, ex exciting, adventurous sides of life. Mm -hmm. And I had probably from that uh, a hopeless curiosity that got me to question, to, uh, to uh, interrogate uh, non-offensively entrepreneurs. I used to have, when I was young, I was so non-threatening that all these entrepreneurs would let me sit in their office in the corner watching them do business all day and I had no money and they I'd work mm. all night to be able to do this uh, my first wife thought it was crazy but they would take me to lunch because I had no money I get to watch them do things and people would look curious why why is that person in the corner and they wouldn't say anything and afterwards they say now let me tell you what just happened and I had all these wonderful mentors I've had wonderful mentors mm. All my life, and I'm a, a I'm a a blessed beneficiary of a lot of people smarter, brighter, mm -hmm. much more successful, worldly, yeah. and deep, having taken a an interest and contributed yeah. to me. That's how I feel too. Just yeah. doing this podcast, yeah. I get to connect with people oh, it's like great. yourself and just assimilate all yes. the information. So, um, you talked about funnel vision and why it's better than tunnel vision. Sure. What does that mean? Well, I, I created this years ago. Most people in life, whether you have a career or whether you have a business, you know pretty much what everyone else in the career does the way they do it. You know pretty much what your competitors do and the way they do it. Mm -hmm. Then you know whatever else you read in a book or you, you know, go to a program or you see an article in a magazine, but that's it. And I consider that a tunnel because it's very limited. But when you understand this concept of optimization, which is highest and best use, and you understand that there are probably 25 impact or leverage points on the revenue side of anything anybody does, mm. each one that can be enhanced from 10 to to a thousand percent, but it can't be enhanced if you don't know what they are, and then it can't be enhanced unless you know higher, better, safer, more profitable, more predictable, low-cost ways of replacing them. I'm getting a little confusing. Mm -hmm. So what funnel vision is, is taking the best options and opportunities and possibilities outside your business and funneling them into areas, activities, careers, businesses, mm -hmm marriage is anything you want to apply it to where it's never been mm. really known and, and, and optimally is taking multiple ones and creating hybrids. So one is like this 
any others like that. Mm. So taking things from other industries. Adapting, adopting, borrowing, mm. sure. appropriating, uh, creating hybrids, mm. synthesizing, and doing it uh, continuously. Mm. And you run rings around everybody else. And mm. it's really fulfilling because you have a, it's a power that no one else possesses. So yeah. it gives you great um, certainty, great strength. It's just, it's a very, it's a very empowering thing. Very li liberating. And why do you think most entrepreneurs limit, are limited to a certain amount of success? Why do you think they, they hit a, a cap and they can't break through? Well, there's, there's three reasons. And, and, and the first reason is they don't know how much more is possible from time, effort, opportunity, people, uh, interaction, media. They don't know how many ways to leverage it mm -hmm. up. The second, and we were talking about this in the, in your hallway. They don't understand how to really, uh, how to, uh, access and fully harness, exploit, and uh, really utilize the greatness that's within them. And how do they do it? If you want me to tell you, I can give you a four-part, very simple sure, process. Sure, Okay. So, but I have to give you my belief system first. Perfect. Okay. So I have a belief system that every human being is born within their DNA with a desire to be great. Mm. We want to be great uh, students, great athletes, great, uh, whether it's a career, business people, husbands, fathers, mothers, friends, lovers, anything. And yet probably at most two or three percent are ever great. The majority of us operate in this realm that I would call respectfully complacent mediocrity. Mm. Now, the assumption is that they're lazy or they aren't aspiring. My assumption is it's not their fault. No one has ever given them a context of understanding what true greatness is supposed to look like and feel like both internal, here, here, how you communicate, how you look at things, how you re-contextualize uh, your, your interaction, and also how it is supposed to be received. If you don't know what you're supposed to be doing differently internally, externally, and no one's ever really framed it for you, mm. you can't be that way. Now, then if you can get that far and figure out what it's supposed to be, you have to be able to gauge it against where you are. And there's a delta. Yeah. And and then you got to look at it in the whole totality of your life because there's like five or six categories. You cannot be great in your business. You cannot be great in your marriage. You cannot be great in your health. And you got to figure out which area you got to deal with mm, first because right. sometimes getting your business together isn't going to, it's moot if you're going to die or if you're going to die and then <sighs> and on your deathbed, your wife and your children are going to leave you. So you got to find that. So if you can figure out what greatness is supposed to look like inside, mm. what you are supposed to not feign, but genuinely be your your heart, soul, mind is imbued with. So it's a natural, it's a font from which just automatic understanding, empathy, connectivity flows, and you can you know how to monitor and gauge whether it is being received and also how to adjust it. That's the first thing. Then you figure out the difference. Then you gotta figure out the pathway or ways to get from where you are to where you need to be. And most people don't have a clue how to do that. Yes. Or they choose like the 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 analogy of the um 
of the funnel tunnel, they choose the hardest, most difficult. They want to be a pole vaulter at the Olympics the first time out, right. as opposed to doing switchbacks uh-huh. that'll take you up the mountain safely and has yep. water stations. So if they are lucky enough to figure out the safest way to get from where they are there, then they have to have the um they have to have the courage to embrace it now mm-hmm. this is where it gets really tricky and uh you're single i've got a girlfriend yeah okay but no I'm children not married no okay no. i have seven children yes <laughs> so from very vast experience my kids when the very first time they tried to talk or walk or eat or poop or ride a bike they were terrible right and it was scary but what they required was a champion who believed in them who they felt comforted who would reassure them who would get them back on the horse mm-hmm. who would keep you know keep advancing them and most people don't have and this is not a crass comment for a compensated mentor uh, I don't like coaches. I like mentors because they've been there, done that. They know it's possible and they can hold you to a higher standard. But most people try to do everything alone. Mm. They don't have connection with people. They don't, they worry alone. They aren't connected. You need advocates and, and champions who care enough to keep, to hold you to a higher standard. Mm-hmm. And that's why people aren't great. Yeah. <laughs> Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah. And and if you can get those things, it's incredible. Mm-hmm. What, and I mean, I just don't th- I think and it's not it's it, there's no shame. One of the biggest uh I think pensions I'm on is is the um the relief of guilt because almost everybody is made to feel that mm. they're not good enough. And the reason they're not good enough is they don't know what good enough is supposed to look like. So listen, we all know life is full of yada yada, like those quote unquote free trials that somehow still charge your card for something or when companies have those sneaky gotchas hiding deep in the fine print. And I know you've dealt with yada yada before, like those bills that keep going up and up for no reason at all. Or when budget airlines promise a cheap fare, but then charge you for every little thing until you realize you're paying more than you would have somewhere else. And yes, it is possible to outsmart yada yada, like triple checking airline deals to make sure all you need is all already included, but you don't take yada yada in life. So don't take yada yada from your wireless provider. Metro by T-Mobile has no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and nada yada yada. Stop by one of over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide. Justin and so good. Thousands of summer deals at your Nordstrom Rack store. Save up to 60% on new arrivals from Vince, Rag & Bone, Adidas, Joe's, Marc Jacobs, and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack. But hurry for first dibs. Get your summer favorites up to 60% off at Nordstrom Rack today. Great brands, great prices. That's why you rack. That no one's ever helped them. And as soon as they know, it's very easy. It's not hard to be greater. It's not hard to be great. It's not hard to be exceptional. But it is hard if you don't have any idea what you're doing right, wrong, mm-hmm. what you can, what you need to do to shift, how you have to think differently. And then it is wrong if you can't 
embrace it. I mean, a lot of people are so scared that they will be seen as weak mm-hmm. or uh, incompetent, that they're afraid. To, and, and vulnerability is a great... Greatness is a byproduct of vulnerability, if that makes sense. Absolutely. And most people are afraid to be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. What is um, something that you believe that almost everyone else disagrees with you about? Uh, I believe two things. Uh, and I can't have a single answer. One is that I think people's goal in life is tremendously flawed. I believe most people are obsessed with an end result. Uh, They want to make a trillion dollars. They want to be in great shape. They want to have the hottest wife. They want to have the biggest house, the fastest growing company, uh, the most toys. Mm -hmm. And they think that by getting that alone, all of a sudden their life's going to change. The heavens are going to open. The angels are going to trumpet. Euphoria is going to prevail and all goodness is going to befall them when in fact it's anticlimactic. It's no different. It just increases the complexity of your Mm. life. I believe that, that your life is not about an end result. It's about the process. The, the, The fact that you and I are doing this for an audience of a million is wonderful. But if we were doing this for just you and I, that's fine too. The process is as good as it gets. When I travel, I have a very, and I think your, your goal in life is that every time you interact with anybody for any reason at any stage, your job, your responsibility, your opportunity, your, your privilege is to make that person better off because you were in their life. Absolutely. When we travel and I travel a lot, I have a protocol uh, and I'm not saying this because I'm so cool. I get off on it much more than I give. I do a lot of things in Asia and very sincerely not being discriminatory or, or a lot of Asians don't reveal a lot of emotion. Mm-hmm. So when I go to China, when I go to Japan, when I go to almost anywhere, the first thing I do, because I fly on great carriers and I drink great champagne, so I am usually need to hydrate for a day. So the first day I do nothing but hydrate. The next day I split it. I go into the lobby uh, or the or the bar for four hours and I smile at people till they smile back. Mm. Quite fascinating to see the difference. How long does it take for them to smile? Mm, sort of a battle of wills. Three, four minutes. Really? Yeah. They'll smile at them for three minutes yeah. until they finally smile back. Wow. Yeah. Where it's here, it's a couple seconds. Well, in the US. it's a different culture. Yes. I ride the elevator up and down oh. for two hours and do it. I get off on the floors and talk to the housekeepers and the servers. And it's very fulfilling. And you know you're enriching <laughs> their lives. Sure. But you're feeling, you're, 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 and we'll talk. And if they speak English, you'll learn their worldview. And it's very interesting. And their husbands and wives mm-hmm. and mothers. And they have the same hopes and dreams. Mm-hmm. And I think that uh, we talked a little bit. Most people, and many young people today, and I have millennial children, I have exes, I have uh, a little younger than baby boomers, and I think they've lost track of true connectivity, humanity, humility, mm-hmm. and and what really provides uh, fulfillment and satisfaction in life. And I mean, I've got 
Porsche, Maserati. I got the the fastest production car in the world. I got uh, supercharged uh, Range Rover. I got a beach house. I got a big house. That doesn't mean it's nice. But when I die, I'm not going to say, oh, I wish I had a, another bedroom. I wish I had <laughs> right, another car. Yeah, that isn't going to do it. It's just mm. a giggle and a diversion. I mean, the 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 meaning of life, I think, is the interaction between people. And I think that that the growth you give and get, the fact that you're always a teacher and a student, and that you're you should always be obsessed with learning and the other thing I'll say because it's all related, I think you have an obligation in your life to commit every time you interact with anyone to stop and whether you're trying to sell somebody, mm -hmm. have a discussion, you want to there's a couple of uh, I haven't used these nomenclature for a long time. you want to first of all, examine how they're seeing life because no two people are having the same conversation. Right. Because they didn't have the same background, same values, same image in there. And I'll give you a great example in a minute. Uh, you want to, you want to understand their values and what, you know, what their life is like. Mm. You want to appreciate it because right. yours may be very different. You want to acknowledge them and show them that you are listening and respect it. You don't have to accept it, mm -hmm. but you have to acknowledge that that's their reality. And I don't think most people are willing to do that. And listening is one of the greatest overlooked skills in hearing and, and, and demonstrating to people that you did hear and you uh -huh. really did grasp. Uh, I mean, I've got a story that is outrageous that I'm happy to share or not, but it's a very profound demonstration of of the power of this mm. sure go ahead okay many years ago it's a cool story uh and i got a couple of ways of nonlinear thinking structure many years ago i was in australia to do a seminar and the most interesting thing was this was 20 years ago and i was going to do four sold out seminars with three to five hundred people each at five grand and i was going to do a twenty five thousand dollar one those are big numbers 20 yeah. years ago uh we flew in. My family was tired. We were at uh, the Sheraton downtown. I couldn't sleep. I went upstairs to the concierge um, room, and I had I was drinking Curvassier back then. And there was one man in the corner, and I was always very curious. So I walked up to him, and I told him two things, that I was from the United States, and I was here on business. That was it. The rest of the 90 minutes we spoke, I just asked him questions. And I came to find out he was from Germany. He worked for a large pharmaceutical company. He traveled the world calling on third world health ministers selling population control systems. I, of course, was curious what different population control systems look like, how you sold them, right. how you got an appointment to sell cool. them, how when they were bought, the populace wanted to be controlled. Uh, I wanted to know uh, whether it was done basically on the up and up or on the under and under. Uh, I wanted uh, to know how many calls it took, how long it was, who administered it, whether that was a back-end service right. or part of the package, all kinds of questions. Then I switched, and I wanted to know 
what life was like in Germany, cost, school, stability, where you go sure. on vacation, you know, what kind of education did he get? How do you become this person? How do you make cold calls on health ministers all over the world? Mm. Uh, then I wanted to know what he was going to do when he grew up because he had this incredible Rolodex. Then I found out that he was a keynote speaker at the Third World Health Convention that was there because there was security everywhere. Mm -hmm. And uh, we talked a few more minutes, and I'm drinking Curvassiers. And after about five or six or maybe more, I was starting to get very wobbly. <laughs> so I stood up and I said, um, uh, excuse me, I'm going to leave. Thank you. And as I got to the elevator, he said, wait, I have to tell you, you are one of the most interesting people I have ever met. And I didn't know anything about you. No, <laughs> but here's what I, it, it taught me a defining lesson mm -hmm. that is, that has guided my life. I'm leaning on the uh, framework of the elevator, praying that when the door opens, there's an elevator in it, not a shaft. Cause <laughs> I'm pretty, pretty giddy by then. But I realized a distinction that I've carried with me for 20 years. If you want to be interesting, all you have to do is be interested. If you want to be respected, all you have to do is respect. It goes all the way down. Love, love. I mean, and it's very powerful, uh, uh, sort of a counterintuitive concept. And and there's a concept that's called the you attitude. And it's that it's not about me. It's all about you. Mm. In this case, it's not about me or you. You and I are nothing more than either conduits or yeah. uh, uh, what do you call it? We're vehicles to reach your audience and you have a million people you reach, but you really reach a million individuals, one man or woman at a time. Mm -hmm. So we're talking not to a million people. We're talking to one person a million times. It's a whole, it's a whole mm -hmm. different mindset. Mm -hmm. I'm probably not explaining it clearly. No, no, it's great. Yeah. Um, I feel like I could hear your stories all day. I have some cool ones. But I want to I want to finish with a few final questions. That's okay, and I'll tell you, remind me to tell you the Porsche story because it's wonderful. Okay. <laughs> uh, one of the questions is... Or the carnival story. The Porsche or the carnival? Okay. <laughs> um, or, or the uh, AARP story. Okay, I'll remember. Okay. Um, one of the questions is that I have for you is, what's a question you wish people would ask you that they never do? I think very few people ask me how to make their life more they they want they're pursuing what they think will give them joy which is money or mm -hmm. success instead of saying how do i get more uh more intangible compensation out of anything i currently or ever do more and, fulfillment, not other things I do. Yeah, I mean, all kinds of things. Yeah. Satisfaction, fulfillment, contribution, yes. connectivity, and what's it look like? Because I don't think they know that. And then secondly, I hurt for 90... Now, if you look at the world all over, 95% of the business people are small. I want to call them entrepreneurs, but they're really not. They're mm -hmm. proprietors. Because an entrepreneur is somebody that adds value and experience and most proprietors are just basically sucking commerce out of I mean they really are. Sure, they're there sure. and, and and they got into it for a bizarre reason and right. they're not really excited and they're not really value added. Uh, they're just they're commodities. Yes. That stated 
most people don't, I mean, we took, we created something called preeminence. It's quite a wonderful concept. I'll give you a five minute. The preeminence is basically, and it came by modeling some of the most successful and powerful and wonderful companies in the world. But it basically is a premise that you want to be seen as the ultimate advisor, the most trusted advisor for life for the market you serve, irrespective of whether money changes hands, number one. Number two, that you're going to be the ones that are going to give them the most honest uh, appraisal of what they should do and what they shouldn't and why. And you're not going to try to sell them what they what, what they want to buy, but you're going to sell them either what they need and you're not going to sell them less or more and less combination, less quality, more, and maybe they're not even going to sell them uh, your own thing. You're going to tell them the truth and you're going to educate them and liberate them so they have the power to be able to make the best well-reasoned decision. Right. But it goes to a couple of other things. The most important thing is most people fall in love with their career or their business or their product uh, or industry catalog. If you're preeminent, you fall in love with the people you serve. And there's mm. four kinds of clients. One of the ones that pay you. If you look at, uh, uh, everyone calls people customers. If you look at the Webster's definition, a customer is somebody who buys a commodity or a service. So if you call somebody a customer, you're really saying to the world implicitly, mm. I'm no better than a commodity. Mm. Even though I'm upset that everyone treats me like a commodity, I'm I'm raising my white flag, I'm a commodity. If you call them a client and you look up the definition, it's somebody who's under the care, the protection, the well-being. It has more of a fiduciary responsibility. Mm, sure. But the key is, you don't fall in love with your industry. You don't fall in love with your company. You fall in love with the people you enrich and you see the difference that you being in their life makes, even if it's because you care more, you protect them more. And you have four different categories of clients. The first are the ones that pay you. Mm -hmm. The next are the ones you pay your team. You have a moral obligation to grow and develop your team and make them successful and happy and and uh, evolved for their own benefit. You have a responsibility to not just squeeze uh, your team, but to grow them. You have a responsibility to collaborate with your with your vendors because if you do, they'll give you the access. They'll give you right. they'll give you intelligence. They'll make you a fortune. And they'll help fund you and they'll do all kinds of things. And then you have a responsibility to collaborate in a partnering way with all your mm. advisors. Yeah. And you need a lot of advisors because in in the 21st century, creative collaboration is the defining role. Nobody knows anything remotely close to all the specialized knowledge. And it's changing every yes. six months. And I it's can go crazy. on. but So fast, yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Um, what's the thing you're most proud of that you've done? I'm most proud of an unintentional um, achievement. In the course of my life, I've been able to impact tens of thousands of uh, high value creating entrepreneurs on a worldwide basis who have created a, uh, a preeminent based enterprise who are 
sustaining, multiplying, and expanding values and character and leadership. Mm -hmm. By the way, leadership is another integral part of being preeminent. You are a leader. You have the moral responsibility to to lead people in what's in their best interest. But I have had the effect on people, and because they are companies, you get this enormous leverage because it's a triple leverage. You're leveraging the ownership Mm -hmm. who are instilling their beliefs in their team who are instilling those beliefs in a different way in all the prospects and buyers Mm -hmm. who are instilling them in their families who are instilling them in their vendors and it's i mean i have i'm very proud you look up preeminence and i think i'm the top 40 or 50 pages on (laughs) google but you can look it up all over the world i'm also very proud i did a book in japan that was designed to help young adults avoid walking into the woods and committing suicide. I don't know if you know this, but in Mm. Japan, there's a horrific, they have 35,000 approximate young adults every year who feel hopeless and helpless. And there's one woods they all walk into. There's a movie has been made about it. Really? Yeah, there's one that, um, oh, who's the one that does the commercials for Lincoln? Uh, Matthew McConaughey. Yeah. yeah, he just did really? did one last year where huh. he 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 walked into the same woods in Japan to commit suicide, and they just have petrified people there. And wow. we collaborated with a foundation. I didn't make any money on it to create hopefulness, uh, happiness, possibility, purpose, hmm. passion, and show them all they could do with a life, a career, wow. and uh, yeah, things like that. I've been. Uh, you know, I've helped influence some, you know, I'm on the pres, I'm on the, the World Bank President's Committee, um, to grow entrepreneurship in third world countries. That's cool. Mm. I'm very proud of being able to be a mentor to people like Damon and Ramit mm. and, and I'm grateful of, uh, the fact that I have had, influencers who've gotten me a level of understanding ethos value mm-hmm. creation um appreciation for humanity just things that yeah you know and I'm, cool. I'm 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 grateful i'm still viable intellectually yeah. and that i keep growing i mm-hmm. mean i have a wild disparate spectrum of of totally different clientele all over the all over the world sure. and I learn from them and they're all all kinds of industries mm. and it keeps me very stimulated. Justin and so good. Thousands of summer deals at your Nordstrom Rack store. Save up to 60% on new arrivals from Vince, Rag and Bone, Adidas, Joe's, Marc Jacobs and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack. But hurry for first dibs. Get your summer favorites up to 60% off at Nordstrom Rack today. Great brands, great prices. That's why you rack. Canva presents unexplained appearances. It was an ordinary workday until... That presentation appeared out of thin air. Also, it's eerily on brand. Wait, did that agenda just write itself? Words appear, making this unexplainable case... Unexplainable? It's Canva's AI tools. I can generate slides and words in seconds. Really? <clears throat> the real mystery is why I'm only learning this now. Canva.com. Designed for work. 
who's one client you wish would call you to hire you? Or one potential client? Uh, I would like to do more private equity because they have big portfolios and mm. I can my methodology works for almost anybody. I like people mm. that have a lot of moving parts, a lot of enterprises. I mean, right now I got like crazy. I got the number one elderly care company in China, the number one um uh, mm. uh human resource leasing company i got the number one sure. specialty pharmaceutical i got a guy in japan that sold 70 million dollars of tiaras to dubai museum i got the number one guy that teaches dentists how to do implants i got wow. i got a 15 billion dollar hedge fund i got the biggest roll up in podiatry i've got mm-hmm. uh i got a a doctor in Taiwan that takes only gets 5,000 new patients a year. And these are people that no doctor or hospital can figure out what's mm. wrong with them. Wow. I get into very interesting. I have a oncology group. Mm. I have I mean, I'm very diverse. I, sure. it, it, I like diversity. That's cool. That's cool. Um, before I ask the final couple of questions, I want to uh, take a moment to acknowledge you for your incredible contribution to so many of your clients, to all the different entrepreneurs, That's business gracious. owners, the people who are looking to make an impact, looking to increase their profits, but they're looking to make an impact with their yeah, clients. It's, 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 it, the ones that are attracted to me and I'm attracted to, they don't want to just make money. They want right. to be make the money as a byproduct of making a difference. Yeah, yeah. Well, you've done an incredible job, again, with your the whispers that I've heard about you for the years. You know, Everyone talks about how you help transform their business and their life. So I want to acknowledge you for your That's incredible- That's gracious, thank you. Yeah, your curiosity, your consistent commitment to learning and growing in each industry and mastering understanding the different industries to be able to apply it to anyone. So I want to acknowledge you for your gifts to the world. That's it's very amazing. nice, yes. thank you, it's very sweet. Of course. Um, how can we support you? I have one final question before I ask it. How can we support you? Where can we connect with you? What's the biggest thing you've got going on you, right now? You can now? do three things. Number one, we realized long ago that the majority there, there's so many small businesses out there that that accept a fraction of a fraction mm-hmm. of the yield. And I got to tell a concluding statement out of story yield that the effort, the time, the opportunity could give them because they just don't know what's possible. Right. We've set ourselves up to be one of the greatest entrepreneurial benefactors, and we actually give better stuff away gratis. We buy people our stuff, and we don't even ask for opt-ins. I mean, sure, I, sure. we should because my daughter would like to make money. I lose about a million dollars doing this. Anybody who's an aspiring or a real entrepreneur professional worldwide should go to my website because mm-hmm. jabraham.com. It, it's abraham.com, but we have one part that's mm-hmm. just charming. It's called Fifty Shades of Jay. Okay, and we put the most eclectic spectrum. I interview people. I get rights to great things. I've got five hours on preeminence. We've mm. got, I do questions all over the world and problem solving, and we have tons of them. Tony Robbins and I, we do things together in London, and they're there. And I've got just, you know, just but Peter Diamandis and mm. Tony, all kinds of really rich things that don't sell anything. <laughs> the only thing that I want anymore is I look for companies to do long-term um I'll use the word deals. People have a lot of mm. underperforming assets, underutilized uh, opportunities, underperforming activities, undervalued 
intangible assets uh, uh, under recognized uh, relationships, things that can make uh, a five million dollar profit turn into twenty, and I get a fee, but I get uh, a percentage. Mm-hmm. And I like I like real commerce. Mm-hmm. As far as you know, we do a few. I do a few seminars around the world, but mostly I just do Q and A for them, mm-hmm. and I do a few keynotes. But I like if you're if you're too small, which most companies are, then let us enrich you, and it'll always come back. If you don't grow enough, you'll tell somebody. If you grow a lot, you'll come back and you can. But either way, if you want to be a preeminent, profitable and meaningful and fulfilled entrepreneur, we have probably some of the greatest no cost, no selling, no stipulation, no Mm. catch stuff. And we do it because we can. Mm. And then if you're large enough, I'm always eager to talk to you about uh, a long term collaborative relationship. But there it does matter if not of that. The other is sure. help me help as many people because I don't know who to reach always. Sure, sure. So Abraham.com will get yeah. either of those results. Yeah, the best yeah. one to start with is Abraham.com and then right-hand slash the number 50 shades because it's wild and it's okay. wonderful. And then you get on. If you want to opt in, we, we send worldview stretching commentary all sure, the time. Sure. So, but, but it's great. I and mean, okay. either way, it's fine. Thank awesome. you. And do you have a book about all your philosophy and everything as well? I have, let's see, I have uh, getting everything you can out of all you've got. I've got um, the sticking point, the nine reasons most businesses get stuck. I've got the CEO who can mm-hmm. see around corners. I've got uh, bedtime stories for business owners. They're all up free. Cool. They're on, up on your site. They're up there. There. Okay. We have a couple new ones that are just cool. coming out, but uh, we have we have complete, you know, just, they're all free, awesome. and there's there's, there's no there's no opt in or anything. Awesome. Well, Jay, this has been amazing. The final question is: What's your definition of greatness? My definition of greatness is knowing that at the end of the day, the world or a segment of the world is better off because you were in it. Mm-hmm. And 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 if certainly you can be Mother Teresa. But you can also be somebody who, who dedicated herself to, you know, the Scouts and mm-hmm. the PTA. I read, uh, and my wife thinks I'm crazy. I read obituaries, uh, but I don't really read the really high-profile ones. I read mm-hmm. the little ones about, you know, she was, you know, she was uh, uh, a uh, uh, acting teacher in high school for 40 years or mm. you know he ran the he ran the science club mm. and i think that if you've left the world more better off more passionate more connected mm. more excited and and more and and just better you've made them better because you were in their lives at any realm of like we were walking uh, in front of your mm-hmm. your your facility because we were early and there's uh, construction going on. Yes, and we were talking to the hard hats and they're so nice and they're not vile and they're not mm-hmm. the ones they were just very gracious and yes. apologetic for the inconvenience. <laughs> sure, and they make you feel great. Mm-hmm. I mean, bringing someone joy, bringing someone a sense of 
of acknowledgement, bringing them happiness, mm. having him feel listened to. One, I mean, when when I when I first got on the World Bank Committee, we were talking about transforming, uh, you know, all these third world struggling entrepreneurs who are making right. fifty dollars and teaching them how to make a hundred and fifty. Mm-hmm. And the man that organized us all said, "Do you understand? It's profound if you help one." Mm-hmm. And I think that it's it's admirable to have the loftiest goals, but it's it's uh, equally as what's the right word I would use? It's equally as shameful to to um, to dismiss the fact that you can make a difference one-on-one every day. Absolutely. And it's just as important. Mm. That's it. I love that. I forgot. I do have one final question besides that. Yes, sir. This is called the three truths. Okay. I ask everyone at this, at the end of the, the interviews, uh, if it's your final day, since you talked about obituaries, if it's your final day, many, many years from now, yes, you've created everything you want to create. You've touched everyone you want to touch. You've said everything you want to say. And all of it was erased. And you're at your bedside, your whole family, everyone there you care about is there. They say, we don't have anything to remember you by, except for our memories. But none of the content is actually out there online or physical. But here's a piece of paper and a pen. You get to write down three simple truths. You get to fit on this one little piece of paper. Note card. What would you say are the three truths about everything you've learned, experienced, lived, loved, that you would leave back as lessons for us? Your three truths. What would that be? Mm, great question. That's a great question. We would ask. One of them is I would I would scribble down as succinctly as I could so it didn't <laughs> consume all three. A quote from uh, somebody named Bob Proctor because it's wonderful. He says that ninety nine percent of all human beings struggle in life with the wrong question. The question is, am I worthy of whatever this goal is? And it could be a goal to be happily married, have a career, be wealthy, whatever. And his answer is when you realize how much more is possible from your capacity, your energy, your commitment, the opportunity, your right question is, is the goal worthy of me, not am I worthy of the goal? And I think you should ask yourself, is the goal I'm pursuing worthy of me? And it can be your marriage, the way you're dealing with it, Mm. parenting, health. The next thing I think is, uh, I would say the greatest joy in life is to keep growing as a human being. And growth means many things, intellectual, knowledge, uh, uh, contribution. I'm at a point in my life, because I'm uh, 67, going to be 68, Mm. where legacy starts being important. There are a lot of things I could do to make money. We did a quarter billion dollars of seminars in two years when I was younger, and they were very profitable. Today, I do only ones when I'm invited overseas. Not that I can't, it's just that's not what I want to do. Mm-hmm. I want to operate at a more impactful and significant way of leaving people better off. But at different points in your life, you're different. I just think it's very important to look at your life and look at it in the context of you know, what am I adding today? What did I add today? How did I make someone, something 
better off? How did I grow myself? How did I make myself a better person? I just think things like that are more important. Mm -hmm. And how much can I respect others? Because I think that our, our biggest flaw today is we're not connected. And it's the irony of ironies because the big rhetoric is the connected world. Yeah. But I don't think we're connected. I don't think people have a lot of one-on-one. -on -one. I don't think they are deep in their in their commentary. I think people are obsessed with telling you all about me, not caring about you. Mm -hmm. And I think that there's a big tragedy there. There's mm -hmm. a very famous uh, friend of mine who's the number one expert on adult uh, entrepreneurial ADD, ADHD. His name is Ned Hollowell. Very fascinating man. You should interview him. And he said the biggest gap uh, of people today is a lack. He said it's a lack of vitamin C. And it's not vitamin C from the sun. It's connection, connectivity. Mm. We're not connected. He also says the biggest mistake with most people is they worry alone and they build things way out of proportion. So, yeah. I mean, I can go on right, and on. Right. but Sure. Like, was that number two or number three? I don't know. It wasn't counting. <laughs> Give one more then. Okay. Um, final truth. Final truth is that the greatest skill a person can possess and the most powerful singular uh, tool you'll ever have is your, is your genuine ability to ask Socratic questions, listen carefully, and demonstrate that you heard the answer, but keep taking it deeper and deeper because you'll always hit profound pay dirt. Mm. There you go. I love it. Thank you. Thank you very much for coming on. My Appreciate pleasure. It. Well, my great. pleasure. We'll have to bring you back again and share more stories. It'd be great. Thank you. Thanks, Jeff. There you have it, guys. I hope you enjoyed this one. And if you did, make sure to spread the love. Share it out with your friends. LewisHouse.com slash 413. Let me know what you thought. Send me a message on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat. I'm at Lewis House everywhere online. So connect with me. Say hi. I share all the updates about what's happening in my life, what's happening in my business. And we, we share all these podcasts everywhere. So you'll get snippets of these little insights when you follow me on social media as well. Grab a bottle of Organifi right now and get 20% off your order at lewishouse.com slash Organifi. If this is your first time here, thank you so much for being here. We get over 1.4 million downloads a month. We had over 25 million downloads recently. We continue to grow and it's because of you. You make such a difference in growing this and spreading the message of greatness in helping your friends achieve things they never thought were possible and giving them the insights about their health, their business, their lifestyle, their relationships, their spirituality to improve their life and help take it to the next level. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for getting this message out there, whether you share it with one friend or a hundred thousand uh, followers of yours. Thank you for the support and keep coming back because we've got some big interviews and episodes coming up. Man, I am so pumped. I feel like every week I pinch myself because I'm like, man, I get to learn all this great stuff and then I get to share it with all you guys. So for me, this is such a, a beautiful experience and I love each and every one of you for taking the time out of your day to be here. So thank you guys so much and you know what time it is. Guys, it's time to go out there and do something great.
just in and so good. Thousands of summer deals at your Nordstrom Rack Store. Save up to 60% on new arrivals from Vince, Rag & Bone, Adidas, Joe's, Marc Jacobs, and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack. But hurry for first dibs. Get your summer favorites up to 60% off at Nordstrom Rack today. Great brands, great prices. That's why you rack. At Capella University, you'll get support from people who care about your success. From before you enroll to after you graduate. Pursue your goals knowing help is available when you need it. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. For over 130 years, McCormick has helped you make mom's lasagna. To keep her secret recipe alive. Take over taco night. No matter how chaotic your day is. Conquer the bake sale. Even if you get to it last minute. And craft the perfect Sunday brunch. When it's not even Sunday. Because with McCormick by your side, it's going to be great. On this episode of Plant Killers, we'll explore one nation's most notorious fruit and vegetable killer, bad dirt. What makes bad dirt so bad? The answer, the ingredients. But fear not, true crime enthusiasts. This story has a happy ending. New miracle Grow organic raised bed in garden soil. It's made with quality organic ingredients from upcycled green waste like compost and aged bark. Unlike the other guys who can't say the same. Looks like bad dirt's murdering days are over. Thanks to miracle Grow. Join us next time on Plant Killers.